Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. If you're a woman who is ready and willing to be a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place. Join me as we dive in deep to learn how to embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm your host, Darla Trindler, and I'm cheering you on. Welcome to your journey. Hey, this is Darla. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that the episode this week is a replay of an episode I did when my podcast was called Spiritually Minded Mom, and it's from April 2020. Back in April 2020, you know what was going on in the world. The pandemic had just started, and one day I got this very distinct impression that I needed to gather a group of women together over Zoom, and we needed to record about how we hear him. And so that is the episode I'm going to share with you today. And the reason I wanted to replay this episode, it was a very powerful experience to me because after I decided to do it, you'll hear in the episode at the end, I I kind of shared the experience, but I felt so much opposition to doing this episode, but it turned out so beautifully. And I know that it was exactly what needed to happen in my life at that time. And for all those women that came and for everyone that heard the episode, I just felt like it was so powerful that I want to try it again. So you're going to hear this replay of the, how we hear him episode coming up in just a minute. There were 13 women there and they all shared how they hear him. And I loved it because everybody was different. Everybody had something different. And I think there is so much power in hearing how other people interact with God and different things. And so I think it's so good for us to hear from each other. And we don't have to be the same to learn and to grow from each other. Something that's been on my heart a lot lately is covenants. And I wouldn't say just lately for months and months and months, I have thought about covenants. I've been diving in and studying more and thinking so much about covenants. And then in the last little while, I've been studying the talk that president Nelson gave in the last conference. It was called the temple and your spiritual foundation. And Something that he said in there is, he said, I plead with you to seek prayerfully and consistently to understand temple covenants and ordinances. Remember, this is the one where he compared the foundation of the Salt Lake temple to our spiritual foundation. And he said, whenever any kind of upheaval occurs in your life, the safest place to be spiritually is living inside your temple covenants. And I've thought a lot about that phrase. What does it mean to live inside my temple covenants? I've pondered and thought, and I've studied scripture about it and looked up other talks and things. And I really think it would be powerful to hear from you. What do you think it means to live inside your temple covenant? So this is how it's going to work on February 15th. It's a Tuesday night at 7 PM. So February 15th, 2022, we're going to get together over zoom. Anybody that wants to come is welcome to come and you'll have an opportunity to share what that means to you. What does it mean to live within your temple covenants? And hopefully everybody that comes will have an opportunity to share and we'll be able to have a discussion and I will record it and then it will become a podcast episode. So if you would like to come, there is a link in the show notes for this episode or on my profile on Instagram that will take you to where you can sign up to be a part of this. I had to cap it. So it is not unlimited. So don't wait. If you want to do it, go ahead and sign up and I would just love to hear from so many different women about what it means to live within our covenants. I'm hoping to do some other episodes centered around covenants as well. And it's just been something that's been on my mind. And I kind of have a track record of taking talks that president Nelson has given 
and turning them into episodes and series and things. And so I think this might be one of those, but we're going to start with this live recording, a group episode with, I hope lots of people, what you're going to hear next is hear him. We had 13 women there. I would love to have that many or more come to this one. So February 15th, 7 PM mountain time, find the link in my profile And now here is the replay of how we hear him. Welcome to this very special episode. I am so happy that you're here today. And I have a whole group of women here recording with me today. And we are going to have a conversation together that you get to listen in on. And we're going to talk about how we hear him, how we hear the Savior in our lives as a group. So one of the things that President Nelson said in his opening remarks at the last general conference was this. He said, the most important lasting effects of this historic conference will be as our hearts change and we commence a lifelong quest to hear him. I loved when he said that it was a lifelong quest to hear him. It's not something that we just figure out once and we know, or it's not just one way that we hear him. There could be multiple ways depending on the season of our life, where we're at. Um, of, of how we hear him. And so I really wanted to bring other people together to hear from you about how you hear him. And I shared on Instagram, but I'll share it here again. There was an email that came out from the church that was written by Elder Bednar with a video of him sharing how he hears the Savior. And in the email, he said this, I hope you too will take some time to share how you hear him. My experiences may be helpful to some, but yours will be helpful to many more. I was really touched by that because he's an apostle of God and he reaches people all over the earth, but he believes that we have the power to reach even more people. And I I think that that is true. I think that there is power in us coming together and, and sharing. So my, my purpose tonight is for us to hear from a lot of different people about how, how we hear him. And then I hope that you, I'm going to give you the invitation now in case I forget at the end to go out in your own life and share with other people how you hear him. And it doesn't have to be an Instagram post or a blog post. It could be, it doesn't have to be on a podcast, but you know, it could be standing in your front yard with talking to your neighbor or with your child in the car or um, just any way that you feel inspired to share how you hear him will help someone else as Elder Bednar said. So we are going to go ahead and get started, and I have a group of, of ladies here um, who have, have come to share, and so we are going to start with Danita. Hey, well, thanks for having us, Darla. This is awesome. Um, as I prepared for this, and I know I only have a couple of minutes, I came up with five ways that I hear him. I'm only going to talk about one, um, and that is through, like, strong feeling in my body. And I want to tell a little story. Um, the very first time I knew without a doubt that heavenly father answered my prayers, I was, I don't even remember how old I was, eight, nine, 10 years old, something like that. And I, we lived on my grandparents' property. We had this, we were sort of in a temporary living situation. We were on in this trailer behind my grandparents' house. And I would spend all summer just every day with my grandmother. And one day the conditions were perfect. It was really hot and no wind. And so she said, we're going to spray some weeds today. And my grandparents had two garages, a carport, uh, a shed and a barn. And so she had to find her like bottle that was like one or two gallons 
um, to put the weed killer in. And then she had this sprayer thing that connected and she couldn't find it anywhere. And she got really frustrated and she was like, ah, okay, well, I'm going to go eat lunch. And me being a young child and loving my grandmother, I really wanted to help. And so I kind of ran off and I said a prayer and I felt like I should go check this shed again. And I remember standing there at the door and it was a very small building, maybe like eight feet by six feet and was full of like yard stuff, you know, supplies and lawnmowers and things like that. And I just remember scanning from my right to my left and looking at everything. And then I saw this sheet of metal and in my body, I was just like, it like hit me kind of like it hit my chest. And I was just like, it's behind there. I just know it. And I carefully climbed over a bunch of stuff and pulled this sheet of metal back. And there it was. And I grabbed this empty bottle and I ran back up to the house and I went to my grandma and I said, grandma, grandma, is this what you're looking for? And she looked at me and she was stunned and she was like, where did you find it? And I told her, and I just was so proud of myself. And that was the first time, like, I really knew that God answered prayers. And it was just because I felt compelled in my body, like, like my body was leading me. And looking back on that experience, I can now see several other experiences in my life where the spirit was very strong. And the only way I really knew was because of this overwhelming feeling in my body. So that's the first thing I look for when I hear him. Um, there are other ways, but that's the, the main way that I know that the Savior is speaking to me. I love that, Danita. I, I feel, some, not all the time, sometimes I hear the Spirit that way, um, but... I like what I wanted to share today was two decisions that I realized I was making for the Lord that really hindered personal revelation for me. And um, one of those decisions I realized that I was making was I was deciding for the Lord whether or not I deserved to receive personal revelation. I don't know if any of you guys can relate, like you come to an end of the day and you're like, man, I just, I did not measure up today. <laughs> I do not deserve anything coming down from heaven. I yelled at my kids or I didn't even really study my scriptures and I decided for the Lord that and it was a, a huge turning point when I realized, you know what? I'm worthy. I am worthy to receive personal revelation, even if I make mistakes throughout the day. And um, the, the second decision I realized I was making for the Lord was I was deciding which questions he would and wouldn't answer. And so if I decided that there was a question, he, mm, he's probably not going to answer that, then I just wouldn't ask it. And realizing how ridiculous that is, you know, it, when I die and I'm walking with the Lord, and I can ask, I feel like I can ask him anything I want. Why can't I ask that now? Why can't I ask him anything I want? And he'll answer. 
and he'll answer in his own way. But I, I just realized I was just hindering and boxing in the Lord by deciding that, you know, maybe he's not going to answer this question. So realizing that I was making those two decisions and just changing that really changed how often I received personal revelation and just opened up so many beautiful doors for me. So. That's so beautiful, Amber. I think um, I do the same thing sometimes too, where I limit God. I put limitations on God and on how much he could love me or how, how much he would share with me. Um, And I think as I read the scriptures and learn more and more about um, prophets who have heard him, um, I see that he wants to just pour out knowledge on us. And that was such a perspective shift for me when I learned that, that he actually really wants to teach me. He wants to open up these mysteries to me. He wants to share knowledge with me. Um, that was, that was, that totally shifted how I approached personal revelation and, and hearing him because I realized I'm the one who has the limits, not God. I need to break through my own limit. Um, God doesn't have any. Um, and that's been, that was my thought on that. I, I think that was, those are really important questions to ask ourselves. You know, are we limiting God in the revelation that we see? I agree with you that sometimes we limit him. And sometimes I think we limit him by thinking we have to be in perfectly still and quiet places to hear him. Because I will tell you, the last couple of years of my life have been really, really challenging and sometimes chaotic. And if I had to wait for a quiet, peaceful time to hear him, I wouldn't have had much of that to do that. And so, and for me, I remember sitting in lessons where we're told that, you know, we're going to receive answers in the temple and we're going to receive answers at church and things like that. And feeling badly because that's not where I always receive my answers. Um, And I have living proof that the last couple of years, you can hear God in the most chaotic of situations. He is there, but you have to have your mind prepared. The temple and the scriptures and church and things like that are what prepare my mind to be able to hear him. But even when it's not still even when it's chaotic and scary and loud, you can hear him and he can be very clear in those times. Right. Like how many of us get our answers on the drive home from the temple rather than while we're in the temple. Right. Right. Exactly. I love that Cheryl, because that, that is exactly how I feel. Um, And I've learned to be still within myself amongst the chaos. And it's taken a long time to figure that out. Um, But for me, there's several ways that I have found that I hear him and one is through dreams. And for the longest time, I thought, is it because I am too busy that he is trying to answer me and I'm just not paying attention. So he has to come to a dream or something, but dreams, he comes to me in dreams and very far few in between. It's not like a nightly thing. but poetry, music, lyrics, hymns, those are all really big things. Um, art, Rhonda, you can relate to this. Those are ways that he speaks to me. Um, but I have found that he speaks to me most often in the seemingly small moments of each day. And I feel like they're moments that we often think of as meager 
or insignificant, but I feel like that's where the magic is. And it's in those moments that I hear him say, I see you, I hear you and you are loved. And I get really tender about it because my first experience with this was, um, I was a teenager and I was visiting with my grandma on the front porch swing and we were just visiting. And it was this moment where I just, I heard God and, and I felt his love. And ever since then, I, I recognize that that's how he speaks to me personally. And it could be a moment where I'm just in need of something. And somehow my eight-year-old just knows I need a hug at that very moment. It could be getting a random text from a friend when you're completely broken and trying to hold it together. Um, but that's how he speaks to me. I love what you said, Jody, and I love that you're doing this, Darla, because I think one of the great um, weaknesses I had spiritually growing up was expecting the spirit in a certain way. And I read Doctrine and Covenants 8, and I'm like, where's the burning in the bosom? Why is my heart not on fire? You know, I was expecting that. And, and I love that we're sharing that each of us hears them in different ways. And it's so funny because you guys were talking about answers don't have to come in the temple. My story has to do with getting an answer in the temple. Um, and this is actually, this is a, an experience that I had. And when I had it, I was like, oh, this is one I'm going to treasure and keep close to my heart. But as I pondered on it, I realized, you know what, with the prophet's invitation to share how we hear him, um, I, I feel like we need to share some of those more tender moments that we might've felt like, oh, this is just for family. And maybe, maybe we can, we can share it with others. So, um, some of you may know, I actually did a podcast episode with Darla about my experience having OCD. And it started um, when I became pregnant with my first child and it was full blown and uh, became so bad that there were multiple times when I wanted to enter a mental hospital just to get away, um, but it wasn't possible. So, um, and I, I went through that through three pregnancies and it was extremely hard. It was to the point where it was affecting my own children that were growing up. They were starting to exhibit some of my behaviors from the OCD and having some of the fears and the anxieties. And I had always pictured having a big family and I had three kids and I thought, I don't know if I can do this again because with each pregnancy, it got worse and worse and worse. And I just, I didn't know if I could handle it. And so my husband and I decided to pray and we wanted to hear what Jesus thought. We're like, okay, we'll accept whatever he says. If it's another pregnancy, great. We'll, we'll sign up for that. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed and we did not get an answer. We could not hear him. There was absolutely no divine voice talking to us. And I was so confused because I'm like, Heavenly Father, this is not a decision that I can make on my own. This is an eternal decision. Do we stop our family now or do we have another spirit come to our home? And so I went to the temple and I prayed and prayed and prayed during a session and I got nothing. There was absolutely no voice speaking to me. And then as I sat in the celestial room, I um, suddenly had scriptures come to my mind. And one of the blessings of my OCD was that I had no friends. And so the scriptures became my friend. And I had read the scriptures. I read every single book. I read the Old Testament, the New Testament, all of it. And scriptures from all of these books that I had been reading for hours every day because I had nothing else to do. I had no other friends started to come to my mind. And they were ones I was so familiar with. And they had absolutely no bearing on my life until that moment when Christ brought them to my mind with that question in my mind. 
And all of a sudden, my answers were coming from Alma and they were coming from Daniel and from Moses and all of these friends I had made before. And so the way that I hear him is through the words of my friends and the scriptures and through his words that are pre-recorded and they're already ready for me to hear him uh, without having to see, um, receive brand new revelation. He can use revelation he's already given and it changes my life and it, it applies directly to my life. I love that what you said is it's not just about it wasn't about in the moment that you heard him it was because of through the trials that you've been experiencing and all the the reading of the scriptures that you've been doing that's how it came to fruition for you to hear him that's really cool like how this time of trial and struggle like turned around and in like a for a future answer i just thought that's really cool um so I am from, uh, my husband and I lived in Indiana for almost 10 years and I grew up in Indiana and we hadn't ever moved anywhere. And um, we felt a really strong prompting that we should pursue this job and move to Colorado. And um, the housing market is like super, super different than it is in Indiana. It's like way more expensive to find a house here. And at the time that we were coming here, there was like, for some reason, there was like a time there was like hardly any houses available. And so what we did was my husband moved to Colorado with his aunt and uncle, and I moved to Idaho to live with his parents um, for like seven weeks so that he could work, start work, and so that he could try to find us a house. And um and as you can imagine, I love my in-laws. I love them. They're wonderful. We had, we didn't have any like big hiccups or anything, but it was stressful. We were in a smaller home and I had my four young children and it was a struggle. And I have um, some anxiety, not a huge amount, but some anxiety where it affects, you know, me lashing out and getting upset and irritated and, you know, just, and so um, around then, I started listening to um, more like um, some LDS artists, but just some Christian worship music. And, um, and I also liked, um, I think it was Cheryl that talked about um, the chaos and finding the moments in the chaos. And that is something that I can do when things are getting chaotic and crazy with my four kids that I cannot control as much as I want to. <laughs> um, that is how I hear him is I love listening to worship music and I love listening to, um, to things because, you know, in, in the scriptures, it says in TNC, it talks about a prayer of the righteous is a, uh, a song of the righteous is a prayer unto me. And so I think of those lyrics and I sing them and I think of myself as praying and so, and that is, and so my hear him is more like a calm of the storm. It's not necessarily for me, um, like the direct revelation. There are times when, of course, I, I do receive revelation, but the way I thought about it and was prompted to share was I hear him through like music in the chaos. And then one more, just really quick thing. 
I want to share is um, I follow um, Emily Bell Freeman, who's an author, and um, David Butler, and they do the Don't Miss This um, for the Come Follow Me every week and uh, on YouTube and a podcast also. And something that she talked about that I do, um, well, I do, I don't do all the time. Um, is she talked about um, leaving the scriptures open in a spot where you are, so that if you can't, you know, if you're in a season of life where you can't sit down and just dive into the scriptures, you know, for a long time, if you keep your scriptures open, or sometimes I'll write a verse down and keep that where I can see it. And that will help me to remember that scripture and um, to hear him better and to, to be able to think of those, read a little um, snippet of scriptures at a time. Um, my best friend's mom <laughs> used to say, she had a ton of kids and she said someday she would just hold her scriptures, like just hug them. And I love that. Um, I also love worship music and have um, had some of my strongest spiritual experiences uh, blasting music in my van and driving and singing at the top of my life, or, or Frozen too, that one works too. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I think for me, like has been said, this idea that it has to be quiet and still doesn't always work for me. My life, my health, it's okay. I am literally like locked in a bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid all the noise in my house. Um, but I, something that I've realized just since um, all of this quarantine and everything is I'm very extroverted. And um, I do, I, I, I was feeling really getting anxious and in my head and struggling. And um, my sister-in-law, uh, I phoned her up and, she, and I was saying, oh, I just... I need to connect with the Lord, but I was trying to do it in my head in this quiet way. And I realized that's not what I, I don't internally process. That's where things just spin. The way I process is it coming out my mouth. And so I had missed having these, you know, gospel discussions with friends and I really missed um, teaching. I feel like one way that the Lord really helps me learn things is when I'm in a situation where I'm preparing to teach other sisters or my family or whatever, I mean, I guess I'm still teaching my family. Um, but it's when I'm praying, what do they need? And um, that quote about sometimes we find our testimony in the bearing of it. I found my answers in I'm teaching a class um, and I start saying something that I realize is my answer to something I've been thinking about. And as I serve and as I prepare, um, I'll give a quick example. Everyone else, well, some people talked about their grandmas. My grandma wasn't a member of the church and she died when I was quite young. And she lived in a little Mormon community. And so I think my mom felt like she kind of, if she wanted to join the church, she could have. But right before I left on my mission, I had a really, really strong feeling that I wanted to do her work in the temple. And my mom kind of, I, I kind of just dragged my mom along to do that. It was years later. I was giving a lesson about temple work and family history. And I heard myself say, testify that the reason I was telling that story about wanting to do my grandma's work. And I testified and said, I know my grandma wanted to be on my mission with me. That's why she wanted that temple work done. And I didn't know that. 
but that was it was him telling me as I spoke and um that 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 was true and so I just I I realized that that's a personal thing about me sometimes prayers don't work very good when they're silent in my head sometimes I need to lock myself in the bathroom or go on a drive and just let it come out I am similar, Chelsea, that I, um, one of the ways that Heavenly Father get that I can hear him is he actually puts me to work. Um, he will give me a job. He will give me a, and sometimes it's things that have no purpose or I don't know where they're going, but he gives me almost an assignment. And through finding that assignment or that work, then I'm able to hear what he needs me to learn or to find what he needs me to find. And I don't, um, I've learned over the years to just, when I'm given an assignment from Heavenly Father, whatever it might be, to follow it without question. Sometimes I don't always do that, but I try and do it. And um, it just happened to me a couple of days ago where Heavenly Father wanted me to do something specific. And, uh, I have no idea where it's going. It's, it, that's currently, Chelsea's helping me with it. So that's why she knows about, like we've talked about it. I feel driven to find uh, women's voices on doctrinal topics. So I feel like there needs to be this collection of, if you want to find a woman's voice who's a leader in the church, there should be a way to find a female voice. I have no idea where that will go or why I'm collecting them, but... Heavenly Father told me to do it at 1230 in the morning when I couldn't sleep. So I started it. So, and I don't know. And I, my husband said, well, why are you doing that? And my answer was, I don't know. God told me to. So I don't know. Like I've learned over the years to just say, okay, I'll try this. And through doing those things, preparing a talk that I have nowhere to give, or I don't know, reading a book or whatever that Heavenly Father says, do this. If I follow it, he'll teach me something. And in the end, maybe it goes nowhere, but I learned something. So for me personally, that's where I, it's always work. That's what God does for me. And I keep thinking, I want to share one thing that I've, um, in our home, the way we've taught our children to listen to the Holy Ghost is we do a physical thing. We make them go like this. You can think a thought, hear a voice or feel a feeling. And it's a physical way that we started it very young that my children have learned how to specifically hear him in those physical ways like this, but that's the very beginning. And then after that, you figure out how specifically it works. Like Cheryl said in the chaos or Jody loves music or like all these different ways and through art, but that you have the basis of how you hear him. And then you build on that individually. I think that's the coolest thing about this conversation is, is I'm, as I'm hearing like Jody mentioned dreams and Chelsea mentioning lessons, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've heard him that way too. And, and to realize like, Oh, I'm actually building my own kind of list of ways that I can listen for him because I'm, I'm connecting with the ways that you guys have heard him and realizing maybe, maybe I've heard him that way too. I just have to chime in again. I think this is the power of bearing testimony to each other because of that. Like, oh yeah, I connect to that too. And um, when Chelsea was talking about as, as I testify, I'm like testifying to myself. I've had that experience 
experience as well. The, my mom passed away when I was 20. And the last conversation I had with her, and she was not a member of the church, was, I don't know what's supposed to happen, but God will make sure everything that needs to happen will happen. And so when she passed away, my sister, who was a member of the church, she came to me in the hospital and said, I don't know if I can believe this anymore because we had missionaries come and bless my mom and they said that she would live. And then she didn't. And so my sister was like, I don't know. And I had this moment where I was like, I can choose faith or I can choose doubt. And I, in that moment, I heard my own words come back to me that everything that's supposed to happen will happen. So like, I just love this. It's like coming full circle. Like as we testify to each other, we, we hear him. So I've definitely been on the other side of that. And as the introvert to your extrovert, Chelsea, I think um, often for me, I can see God working kind of in the law of witnesses where it's sometimes the two or three where I have a thought, which I can more easily kind of brush aside and be like, oh, maybe that was just my own thought or that was kind of felt random. And then very often it's in a conversation with friends that someone else says something where I'm like, there's no way, like, how did they think to bring up that topic or whatever? And so sometimes just seeing in my own conversations with others, the things that are brought up or the things that they say helps me have that law of witnesses that so this really is God speaking. This isn't just something that um, are your own thoughts or in your own mind. And it's so, like you guys are all saying, it's so wonderful to be with good women who, even though you may not feel like you're in tune or saying things when spoke, like moved by the spirit, I think we are so much more than we give ourselves credit for when we're just trying that even those thoughts and those feelings and words that come out of us are more often what people need than we maybe even give God credit for. Um, another thing that I've been thinking about as one of those limiting limitations I put on the Lord sometimes is if it's really from God, who's all knowing and all powerful and the best and the biggest and everything, these relations have to be the same. They have to be big and long and lengthy and mighty. And often I hear him and it's just the next thing. And it's something small, so small that it, feels maybe too small. And I found this quote by Elder Maxwell that I've been mulling over. He says, when the Lord gives us line upon line and precept upon precept about himself and his plans, many ignore these great gifts. Instead of lines, some demand paragraphs and even pages. When God provides here little and there little, some want a lot now. And I feel like that's sometimes I'm like, oh, he didn't really answer my prayer. And then I go back to my journal or where I was recording and I, I recognize, oh my goodness, he gave me exactly what I needed. Follow that first. Um, and then he'll give you the next step you'll be ready for. Um, I've been hearing all of you and everyone has his, um, their own, um, experience. Well, um, on mine is, um, a little bit different. And as an immigrant, um, when you need to leave your country, it, it's when you think about all the challenge that life can put you on. But then I thought in all the love that God has for me and for my family, 
And then all my worries and all my challenge, they are not disappeared. But in, in that moment, I feel peace and I feel the strength to keep going. I tell you this because I, lived, I left my young daughter and my husband in my country. I'm trying to bring them here. So when some of you um, spoke on the challenge and the chaos, I guess right now my life, my life is a little bit chaos every day because I don't have my little daughter and I don't have my husband. And every single day when I woke up and pray, I felt the love from the Heavenly Father. And that's the strength that I need to keep going, to keep living, and, and, and the faith to keep, you know, working hard and make all this sacrifice worth. So um, that's the way I hear him every single day. When I woke up and I thank God for another day that, uh, that I'm going to live. And, um, and despite all this chaos that I live, I'm still happy. And I'm, and I'm still thankful for all the blessings that I receive every single day from here. And when I saw the sky, when I, when I felt the sun, when all the little things that he can show me and he can bring me, give me the peace and the strength that I need every single day to keep going. I don't think anyone wants to go after that because that was so incredible. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That is, that's hard to follow. Bless you. Um, I had an experience this morning and as I've been pondering it throughout the day, I decided that's what I wanted to share about how I hear him. Um, I hear him often through connections that I make in my gospel study. Um, and when I say I make, I don't really make those connections. He makes them for me. But um, I've been trying to find a new normal. And I've, um, I've signed up for a meditation course. And so I, I'm on day two of that. And I had um, Multiply Goodness had come out with a study guide a few months ago. And I had, it was sitting on my shelf. And I decided, that I would pair meditation with um, this new study guide. And the beautiful connection that I made today after I finished my guided meditation, um, one of the scriptures that the Multiply Goodness study guide, and, and by the way, they, they're way past, they're on like week six of this study, and I'm just starting out, but it was just the perfect timing and uh, witness that, Heavenly Father knows 
what what course I'm trying to take and he has for lack of a better phrase put his stamp of approval that I'm on the right track and it was from Psalm 143 and it was just incredible to me the words that were coming out of of that passage of scripture um things like having your arms your your arms stretched open and the word meditation is in that very that very um chapter and stretching forth um his loving kindness and lifting up our souls all these things that i was right in the middle of trying to learn how to do better and so uh, the way he speaks to me is as i'm diving into a new um, topic or a new um, practice he just makes those connections that that go from things that i'm hearing to seeing to watching or reading and um, ties it all together for me and I just can't deny that he is telling me that that's exactly where he wants me to be okay can you hear me um I've resonated so much with everything that everybody has said. And um, this has been an interesting question for me. When the prophet first said it, I've pondered it so much, but I, I never really came up with like a definitive answer. And as I thought about it, I just thought he does speak to me. Like I hear him audibly all the time in my head. Um, but as I've like been forced to come up with an answer, I have kind of looked back on my life and even before I became a member, moments when he has spoken to me and, and like the more I think on it and the more that I journal about it, the more I am in awe of moments that he did speak to me. And um, one, of the, one of the really, really amazing ways that he has spoken to me is through family history and just letting me know that he's aware that I am the only member in my family. But through that, um, he has, there has been so many miracles. And as I've thought about them, I'm just overwhelmed with the way that he's taught me about the faith of the other women and um, family members that, that I had that I never knew, you know, had that faith and the way that he's just taught me about who I am and how they are looking down on me. And um, he has spoken to me through them in the temple more times than I can count. And it's a little overwhelming um, to really, really think about that and journal about it, but it's such a blessing. And I was in the temple one time and the temple president gave me this quote. It talked about how sometimes people wonder why they're the only members in their family, but if they only knew the work that had been done on the other side to get the gospel into the hands of that one person, they would be completely overwhelmed. And as I have looked on that, um, I've realized that all of those little miracles to get the gospel so I could do all this work, um, which has been hard. But um, I remember the first time I sat to do family history work, um, I was so frustrated. And I came to my grandpa's house and he was just like, why are you so mad? And I told him I, I, I didn't get anywhere. I was so frustrated. And he handed me 
all of my family history worked back to the 1500s and I've been able to do all that work and in each one of those he's spoken to me and um it's just a really really tender experience that's one of the most powerful ways he speaks to me I know I talk a lot, <laughs> but I also, like I said, I hear him through my own words, but um, I just wanted to remind us of our patriarchal blessings and I keep mine in my scriptures. And whenever I feel lost or questioning anything, I go to that and I really believe it's personal scripture. Um, my blessing, I only ever wanted to be a mom and my blessing talks about I bless you with success in your work and your career. And for years and years, I was like, what the heck does that mean? Because I'm just, I'm going to be a mom. That's what I'm going to be. And now I'm a life coach too. And I can be a mom and a life coach at the same time. It, my blessing specifically says to think carefully about working outside the home. And I had a moment where I was blown away by the technology that we now have that allows me to do that. And when I got my blessing at the age of, I think it was 20 or 21, that was not in place. And I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm just going to be a mom. That's all I want to do. And, and so at each, like I read my blessing pr probably at least once every couple of weeks, because at every stage of my life, I glean new things from it. And I do think that it's personal scripture for me. And I just. I'm always in awe, like he knows, right? He just always knows. I just love how if there were a hundred different women on here, we'd have a hundred different ways to hear him and to fill the spirit. And, you know, as we sit here, we probably think of more and more like, when I have a question, I can't tell you how many times I just, and it sounds like cheesy, but I just kind of like close my eyes and then open up my scriptures. <laughs> and uh, there's been so many times where the first scripture that my eyes land on and just like my jaw drops, like that was the exact answer that I needed. I just, thanks for sharing all your thoughts. It's just been really neat. Over the last few um, months, I've really been trying to get into the practice of writing questions, like being really prayerful before my scripture study, writing out and documenting my questions before I begin my study. Um, and sometimes, like you said, like it's kind of shocking to see how clear your answers come. Sometimes I'll be reading in the scriptures and see the words from my questions in the scriptures. And I literally will laugh out loud, like, like, it's almost just shocking. Like, how, how could I have missed this? How does anybody miss this? It's, it's right here. It's so clear. Um, but being able to, to actually document the questions, write them out, be very clear about what, I, what I'm looking for or what I need or what kind of answer I'm seeking allows him to be more specific in the answers that he gives me because I'm, I, I'm able to acknowledge the, the specific thing I need. And then when he gives it to me, it's like, 
mind blowing that he could give me exactly what I'm asking for. So I've been reading the scriptures lately, last year with the New Testament and this year with the Book of Mormon from a parent's perspective and how God parents us and how prophets and people in the scriptures parent their children. And it is, it's a little bit mind blowing how those answers for my specific challenges come in the pages of um, first Nephi or um, in the new Testament in prodigal son or just how Heavenly Father shows his love and mercy to all of his children throughout the scriptures. And um, that's been so eye-opening to me that this, the only parenting books I really need are the standard works and the spirit. And do you guys not love how sometimes uh, God will answer your question before it even comes into your mind? Like you're reading the scriptures and something stands out and you're like, why is that standing out? And you have no idea why. And then two weeks later or whatever, something happens. You're like, that was the answer. (laughs) That's why that stood out to me. It just, you know, he's just trying to show like, I know you better than you think I know you. It's just, I love it when that happens. We actually had that experience last, not last night, but the night before. During the day I'd been reading my scriptures and I was in Mosiah. for the come follow me. And I got stuck on this verse about, it talked about covenants. It's in the beginning of Mosiah chapter five, where the people hear, and then they decide, wait, we want to make this covenant and they receive their new name and they change. And so then um, I had the thought, well, why does God, why does God want us to make covenants? So then I made this whole list. So I keep a Google documents. I call it um, spiritual inklings. I think I got that from Emily Bell Freeman. And whenever it's whatever random thought that comes into my head, that's gospel or a question or whatever, I just write. And it's just very free form, whatever's in my brain coming out. And so anyways, I answered this question and I had, you know, this list of 10 things of why, you know, I was finding these quotes and all this stuff. And so I probably ended up doing it for an hour or something. Fast forward that night, we were doing Come Follow Me scripture study with our kids. And one of, my, one of the kids said, well, why does God make us make covenants anyway? And so it was that exact thing that God had stuck my brain on that morning that one of my kids then exactly that night had answered. And I felt very grateful that Heavenly Father had already, he, that exact day, he gave me that answer that my kid was going to ask me. So I think it's so cool when Heavenly Father does that. And I think it's so important then to position ourselves in the right place. Um, I listened to another podcast um, from Becky Higgins and Becky Proudfoot, and they were talking about positioning yourself and being ready. And I think that happens in the gospel. If we prepare ourselves and learn whatever Heavenly Father wants us to learn, then position ourselves in the right place. We'll be able to use the knowledge we've been given to teach a class, to answer a question, to help a child, to do service, whatever. Heavenly Father will make it work out the way he needs it to. Rhonda, I love that. And I, as, as you were talking, I was thinking, um, you know, each week we covenant to remember him always. And I think that's what it means is to live in a constant prayer kind of have that prayer constantly in our mind and it's, it's I was telling Darla this the other day it's, it's beyond gratitude it's a deep remembrance 
And I think that when we live in that way, for me, I have to do my morning meditation, prayer, um, which was encouraged by a stake president about eight years ago, and it changed my life. And it kind of sets me in that path of deep remembrance all day, where I can notice these little moments, these seemingly insignificant moments. And I'm prepared for, like you were saying, it came to you because you were aware of it, you heard it, you listened to it, you had that, that inkling, and so you took action. I love that thought. Darla, I would love to hear some of your thoughts too on how you hear him. I am just loving not to have to ask any questions. <laughs> I can just listen. No, I really, I think this has been beautiful. And I have loved, loved, loved hearing such a, so many different ways and so many different things. Um, and I, I do have one thing that I want to share and it, it has to do with us coming together. So I got this idea on Thursday today for everyone that's listening this, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. I got this idea on Thursday afternoon and after I, the, I got, it was total inspiration. It was not me. And I thought, what if I did a listener call and show and I could just bring people together and do it live. And it, and so I immediately had the impression, write that down, go to your journal and write it down. And I didn't put it off. I just went straight to my journal and I wrote it down. And the way that I wrote it, it was like Heavenly Father saying, I wrote it like he was talking to me, like, yeah, this is what I want you to do. And this is how you're going to do it. And I thought that is strange because I never write in my journal that way. I write from my own perspective, but I was writing from Heavenly Father's perspective. And so that was on Thursday, Friday night. I went to bed at my normal time, could not sleep. And I don't, I don't have ever have a trouble sleeping. And as the hours ticked by and I still wasn't sleeping, the adversary, he came in and he said, you are so dumb for doing this and no one's going to come. And who do you think that you are that you could bring people together and share? And, you know, it was just like, he was bombarding me. And I had the thought, I was sitting there praying. I'm like, what am I doing? This is going to bomb, you know? So I was praying and I had the thought, get out of bed and, and go and get your journal and read what you wrote. And so I got out of bed. I went in the bathroom because my husband's asleep and, you know, fumbled around. I found my journal, went in the bathroom and shut the door and turned the light on and read. And it was like, because of the way I had written it, it was like Heavenly Father was talking to me and he, it was immediately calming to me and immediately I felt peace again, like I'm doing the right thing. And the fact that the adversary's showing up is proof that I'm doing the right thing. And, and this is what Heavenly Father wants me to do. And regardless if it fails or succeeds, I followed a prompting. And there's, that's all I had to worry about. He asked me to do something and I was going to do it. So it's um, whether this had worked tonight or not, and I think it was beautiful. I think it was wonderful. I know I follow that prompting and, and that's how I hear him. That's one of the ways is by writing things down and then he can bring it back to me in the moment when I need it. I have, I'm a writer. I write, I have a trunk full of journals that I've written. In fact, just the other day I was reading from 30 years ago, something that I wrote and could see God everywhere in my life when I didn't see it when I was 17 years old. Um, so, so I think for me, that's how I feel him. And I'm, I'm grateful to know that and to know how I feel him. 
So I think we're going to wrap up there. And um, I just want to invite you to share how you hear him in any way that you feel like you want to share him. And that goes for everybody that's here and anybody that's listening. If you can, you know, I've had, I had the prompting to bring people together and I thought, how can I do that in this time that we're living in right now? And, and I have, a, there's a way. And so if you have a prompting to do something, do it. But I think it's so important for us to come together and to know that we're not alone, that we, um, that we don't all hear in the same way. And so if there's some str- thing that some way that you hear him that you feel like is maybe not normal, it's normal because God's a personal God and, and he doesn't want us to put him in a box like, like we've talked about tonight. And he, he wants to hear us. So thank you all so much for being here and thank you all for listening. And, um, this was his work. I just was the one that put it together and this was his work. And I know that he lives and I know that he is here for all of us. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more women find the podcast and embrace their own journey on the covenant path. To find more ways to be a part of the Spiritually Minded Women community, head over to spirituallymindedwomen.com. For more inspiration, follow along on Instagram at spirituallymindedwomen. Have an amazing day. I'm cheering you on in your journey.